Hi, this is John Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jock Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe in the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 72 of Jock Talk. I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor. Join my boy, my boy Big Join the Big Rig. What up, player? What's up? What's up? What it do? 72. Who comes to mind, bro? You know it. You know it. Tristan Hill. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I was going to say, I'm boy, just- please. <laughs> you almost made me call you a naysayer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! You know I gotta put a little twist in there. Hey, uh, it's the fabulous Tennessee Tennessee State's own Ed Tutal Jones, and he is still too tall, and he still looks great. I think Tutal is probably about. Let me see. He was seventy four, so he's probably born in fifty six. So he's probably sixty six, sixty seven years old. I saw him uh, at Clarence's show at Ella B's, and he still looks fantastic. It looks like he could play. He can put his uniform on and still look good in it. Um, but, uh, no, nah, too tall. That's the, that's the only 72 that came to my mind. Okay, I'm not going to lie. One other, I believe, is 72. I'm going to look it up right quick to see if my memory serves me correctly. Now, I get on Joe for having these spare Dallas Cowboys. Y'all got to remember, I lived in Buffalo until I was uh, eight. The name that came to mind for 72, and I don't know if this guy is 72 or not, is Walt. Potulski. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. He was uh he was eighty five and seventy four, so yeah. I was off. And yeah, we don't even nobody but, has a damn clue who that is. <laughs> See, you got you got me and I'm and I know everybody. For the Buffalo Bills there you go. Back in the early from seventy two to seventy seven. See, I'm gonna have to throw Scott Laidlaw in there. You know who that I is? I know about Scott Laidlaw, man. He had a huge Thanksgiving Day game against Washington. What number was he? Was he 35 or 35? 35. Okay. You have redeemed right. yourself. Walt Potowski, okay, Scott Laidlaw. There you go. 35. There you I go. I feel good about that. Yes, sir. You uh, have been redeemed. You can always follow the show on uh, YouTube at uh, The Real Jacques Talk. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor is the handle. We also on IG at The Real Jacques Talk. I want you to always remember, if you're ever involved in an accident, it's not your fault. What you got to do, what you need to do, what already should be locked into your phone is greeting law. 972-934-8900. And all you do simply is say, hey, here's the details. Can I tell y'all something? I, t- I texted that number to a friend of mine today. Why? He was involved in a workplace accident. Something fell on his head and he had to leave work. And I said, I don't know what's going to happen, dog, but you should give these people a call and see what's up. All you do is call the number, 972-934-8900. Say, hey, here's my situation. What do you think? And if they bring you on as a client, it'll be a great day for you. And here's why. They literally handle every single solitary thing that you need to take place when you're dealing with somebody else's insurance company. You need them to find you a doctor, they got you. You need them to find you a specialist, they got that too. Check this out. They want you to focus on two things, healing and renewal. Get your mind right, get your body right, get your life back. It's really that simple. And so they literally take care of everything. 
They tell you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to walk, when to hold tight. They ride with you. And when you're going up against somebody else's insurance company, that's really what you want and what you need. Now, here's the best part. Listen carefully. They don't get paid unless you get paid. You hear that? I didn't stutter. They don't get paid unless you get paid. What's a better deal than that? So you ain't never got to worry about whether they're grinding for you, whether they're working for you, where you fit on the priority list, your numero uno, because they don't get paid unless you get paid. So give them a call, 972-934-8900. If you're ever involved in an accident, 18-wheeler, workplace, car accident, medical malpractice, any of that stuff, you've been negligently injured, it's not your fault, give them a call, 972-934-8900. Um, speaking of calls, man, let's give my boy Todd Archer a call. He's brought to you each and every Wednesday by Smokey John's Barbecue. Uh, we'll see if we get spicy Todd today, uh, or, you know, mayonnaise Todd. Oh, no. Know. Now, you know, I got a question for Todd right off the bat. Hello. What's up, bro? What's going on? Not much. I had a question for you because I noticed this when I saw you, uh, last week at the are we, Star. Are we live on air? Yeah, we always lie. Okay. No, we ain't okay. lie. We, we, <laughs> we stay live, baby. You, uh, uh, I don't know how much money you had, but you're still one of the few people who carries like cash. Why do you do that? Because uh, if I can pay something in cash, it doesn't cost me as much as it does using a credit card. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was, I don't know. I think if you use your debit card, it doesn't cost you anything extra, or does it? Am I spending some point of sale since that I don't know about? I know, uh, I, I know, I care. I don't, care. Use, I don't use my debit card, I use my credit cards. I want to get hotel points, points and all that. Yeah, so, yeah okay, but, I get that. When you use not, cash, you, you kind of know what you're spending, though. Um, right. You know, you know. Hey, if I had a twenty in my hand and it's only three dollars left, I spend seventeen dollars. But you can spend right. twenty on your card real easy. Now, I I probably govern myself the way y'all do in a different way. I just keep only a certain amount of money in my checking account, a very low amount. Like, I don't put any money in there. Basically, I probably keep $500 in there until it's time to pay bills. Then I move money over to pay the bills. And then when it's left, it's four or $500 left. And that's all that's in there at any given moment. Because if it's in there, I tend to spend it. So I don't keep anything in there, yep. if that makes sense. Yep. Uh, but anyway, I was just curious because I reminded of that the other was day. A, I was like, was this a Fannie Willis, uh, Willis question that you're asking <laughs> oh, me? Oh, oh, oh. No. no but, <laughs> but boy, I've never seen a witness with more attitude than oh, Fannie Willis. Yeah, she, yeah. she was bringing <laughs> that funk. Yeah. I was like, and I, I yeah. listened to about five minutes. Of, I, could, the, I mean, I wasn't finna look at the whole thing, but I was look, like, she, the, the, she reminded me of guess who? Spicy I'm time. not guessing. No, nah, she don't mind. <laughs> hey, hey. If I want to get the look that Fannie Willis giving, I just go down the hallway here. I'm going to stay out of that. Yeah, it's, some, it's uh, something I was supposed to do. Them them looks that she giving them, guy, I done got them before. I get probably get them daily. It's all good. Um, here's a, we're going to go, we're not going to get into the Cowboys with my boy Archer. Uh, ESPN Insiders covered the Cowboys for the last 20 years. Um, what did you think about Greg Ellis joining the staff? Um, I, I like it. Um, I, I think you need a mix of, of different types of coaches on your staff. And I think, you know, guys who have played in the league, guys who haven't played in the league, I think you need a good blend of that. I don't think it's a requirement to play in the league 
to be right. a good coach uh, by Clearly. any stretch. But um, but I, but I think he he's a guy that was a really good player here that unfortunately was always compared to Randy Moss um, right. that should command respect uh, from the guys he's going to coach because he has the skins on the wall and he has done it. And he's got a temperament that is probably um, – and look, we've never seen him coach necessarily, but we right. saw him coach later on in his career, a guy like DeMarcus Ware off to the side and things, that he's got a temperament that will probably help balance out some of the gruffness you're going to get from the new coordinator with and, and not that Greg's going to be soft on these guys by any stretch like that but he might be more of here's what he said this is what he means yeah, and I be think able to decipher yep. some of, of what um, what you're going to get from Zim and help explain it to the players and be a good conduit that way I, I think it's a good move and again now I don't really want to diminish this it's an assistant defensive line coach. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's like, did we know Sharif Floyd was the assistant defensive line coach last year? So there's always elements of let's not get too far in the weeds uh, on all of this stuff. Um, but uh, but I think it's a it's a good it's a good hire. And I've always told you, Doc, the three most important jobs on the staff are your OC, your DC, and your offensive line coach. If you don't have three good guys there, then you're struggling. This is true. Speaking of that, what do you think about Solari as the offensive line coach? Um, it's weird because Jeff Blasco, the running backs coach, was the run game coordinator. So, right. and obviously he missed; he had personal issues that he was dealing with for a good chunk of the season and wasn't around. Um, he had uh, Zach Martin still played at a high level. Tyler Smith played at a high level. Tyron, when he played, played at a high level. Terrence Steele was coming back from the knee injury. I think Terrence was okay, but right. can be better and needs to be better this year. And then Biotish, you know, there are things, just certain things that he struggled with regardless of who the coach is just from physical stuff. But I think he was okay. But I think as a whole, the run game was just off the entire year. I don't know if that's on the offensive line coach, the off, the, the run game itself, or the running backs. As I told you guys, I thought – I thought Tony Pollard was actually pretty good for what he had to work with. Um, and I think over the, like the last, I don't know, let me call it six games, he was one of the higher rated running backs when you remove yards per game, you know, expected yards and all the, the these other kind of uh, yards after contact and things. He was one of the best backs in the leagues the last six games of the season. So I, I don't know why the run game never really got on track. And I'll be truthful with you. I've not asked around to find out, hey, is Solari a good offensive line coach? Um, You know, is he in the the line of what these guys have had for the better part of, well, let's go back to when we want to say 2012. When when did Callahan get here with Jason? Because I think they've been a good running team since Callahan showed up. And this year they were not a good running team. And so – I don't want to put that all on one guy, though. I don't think that would be fair. No, nah, I feel you on that. I think that you, you open up the window to something I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> now, this is we, – we're doing something I don't normally do, which is play fantasy football. Um, because these guys are available. I don't think Dallas would sign them. But they could if they wanted to surprise us and make it spicy a little bit. They're all in, Jock. Come on. Well, okay. Would you have a preference, or that, I don't like that question. 
Who is your preference out of Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry for this particular team right now, the situation that they're in? I would take Derrick Henry and I draft a back in the top, say, third round. Tell me who's available at the end of the second round. Third round, fourth round, and pair him with Derrick Henry for this team right now. I, if I'm not yeah. caring about three, four, five years from now. No, you're trying to win now because you're all in right, right. now. And look, Saquon's good. Don't don't get me wrong. And and I'm probably going to bury myself here without looking it up. I'm looking it up for you. Was he ever any good against the Cowboys? I think he, like he had one 100. He's had game, one maybe. good game against the Cowboys, but my issue with Saquon is really he's always hurt. It's the injury for thing. To me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like he basically been hurt three of the last four years. Yep. Right. Durability. Yep. And the, the Actually, couple years he wasn't last, hurt, he was yeah. terrific. But he's yeah. always hurt. And it's like this. Uh, I don't know why I would. I'm, I'm just saying this, and I like Saquon, but I don't know why I would expect a running back who's been hurt all his career, as he moves into 27 and 28, to not be more hurt. Well, <laughs> you to, know what I mean. To let me let me pull the 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 devils the the other side of the equation on that one is Christian McCaffrey since he's been traded hasn't really been hurt, but he was a guy in Carolina. In 2020, he played three games. In 2021, he played seven games. Mm-hmm. So he, now right, he got man. traded, and he's not been hurt. So th- there's right. that. That's why I think. Let's, let's be honest. Some of some of it's just luck. Oh, you I, know I'm what I'm saying? Not, like um, I think most of it's luck. Right. But I just think but, that. Um, I think here's the thing. Whenever they drafted, whenever they traded for Christian McCaffrey, they were still trading for a dude who. You know, we got all these other pieces, and we right. can run the ball. We're just looking for somebody who can run the ball even better, as opposed to Dallas would be like, we need you to be that dude, man, um, you know, because we haven't run it all that well. And so that's what I'm saying. I yeah. just um, I just think, um, you know, that, that uh, Saquon, he's just – every time I look up, he's hurt. And it, it's like Sean Lee. Ain't nobody fault. It's just – that's right. just some guy's. I, and so I, I would trust him to be healthy. It's part of the running back equation too. Is in Matt Bowen on ESPN today had a perfect fit of Josh Jacobs to the Cowboys, and I thought that was an interesting look that I, I didn't consider uh, as a as a possibility. And you know, he was a guy who what led the league in rushing two years ago. Um, yeah. You know. So with sixteen hundred yards, I mean, this year he played thirteen games. He's a guy who's only played really, I guess you got to say, fifteen games as a full season. I guess with with how it is these days, but you know, his he's got three thousand yard seasons. Maybe that would be a good mix uh, for the Cowboys. And he's a guy that you know can catch the ball well. You know, whether it was Gruden calling plays, Josh McDaniels calling plays, or whoever. So. You know, he gives you kind of a dual threat that maybe Derrick Henry wouldn't give you. But I would think this is where the, the cost factor. Yeah. 26-year-old Josh Jacobs, how old is how old is Saquon going to be? He's got to be 26, 27, something like that, he's gonna, right? He's going to be 27. Um, Josh, and, is, uh, Josh is 20. Josh just turned 26 uh, last week. Um, Derrick Henry, I mean, Saquon 30. Barkley. Yeah, Derrick Henry is 30, and Saquon is um, oh, his birthday. He just turned 27 last week. So I, I would think cost-wise, maybe I'm wrong, 
you'd have a better chance of getting Derrick Henry. But again, I would pair him with somebody because I don't know what Derrick Henry's giving you in the past game. Now, he's not giving you much, but I, I like that idea right. because we can find I, – I like the, I believe that the Cowboys can find guys to help them in the past game. Uh, so is Tony but, Pollard gone or what? We're going to take Derrick <laughs> – we're gonna well, take we're gonna take so, Derrick Henry and then draft a guy and then we're gonna have Tony Pollard, right? Correct. Well, you got okay. Yeah. Well, that was that was the. I'm just answering the the question. What was proposed to me here, Joe? I'm not saying get rid of Tony Pollard. Yeah, I thought I, we was now, pairing him with Tony Pollard. That's what I was thinking. Oh well, you. I don't think you'd be able to. I don't think you can afford to do all that to do Derrick yeah. Henry and Tony Pollard. Yeah, because I don't think because Tony Pollard's gonna take a pay cut. He ain't gonna make ten million dollars this year. But he ain't going to take such a big pay cut. He's not going to take $2 million either. Yeah, not in Dallas anyway. Right, uh, right. I got you. You know, so you're going to have Derrick Henry making $6 million. Zeke, don't he got about $6 million worth of dead money this year? As uh, the June 1 hit, yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah, somewhere around 6 So you need your other guy to be on that minimum wage contract. So you, your total expenditure for that position is really about twelve. Although the cap is going up to two hundred and forty something million, apparently or reportedly. Well, who? No one really knows. So let's yeah. say that. And if you're the team, if you're not just the Cowboys, but a team, you're preparing for the two hundred and forty-two million dollar cap, not the two hundred and fifty million dollar cap, is the way it is right now. So something that right. you'd have to. You're always going to under uh, under budget. Uh, yeah. So if we get yeah, one of those guys, we we get one of those guys. Tony is definitely gone. Yeah, I think Tony. Yeah, definitely I don't because anyway. I, I think of it. Gone anyway. okay. Right, I, that's just me. But if you keep him, you still got to get another running back. Right, it, it, to pair him with because that's when he's at his best, and that's when the running game around here the last, you know, Zeke was what Zeke was, but Tony was a good compliment to him. You need another guy who's a compliment to Pollard. Okay, so to straighten this yes, stuff can. out, so to straighten out what y'all talking about, or in putting in layman terms, you keep Tony, you draft a guy in the third round to pair with him that ain't I on the roster Henry, already. I'm, or if you sign I'm Henry, you draft a thing. guy and you let Tony go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got you. Because yeah. well, they got followed in the fourth round. So they can find a, yeah. you know, a good productive running back in the fourth round. Uh, yeah. What is all your talk about? What's all your thoughts? Because uh, I don't think we've talked to you since Michael Parsons was bumping his gums about this, that, and the other thing at the Super Bowl. Uh, which part do you want to get into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a lot. He, he seemed to be positive about Zimmer, but I was interested in him talking about everybody needs to be accountable. But he rarely mentions himself yeah. when he's talking about accountability. I don't know if any – and this isn't a Micah – shot by any stretch but every time we hear hear the it would be a hell of a drinking game anytime <laughs> someone talks about accountability or culture take a shot and you'd be hammered within five minutes yeah right, what's i don't your, think anybody really knows what that means what's your shot gonna be man well if it's gonna be five minutes i'll take a shot of jameson because then i'll let that be done in about three so i'm good all right i like yeah. that um, i like that I liked it. Have you had the Jameson Orange? I've not had Jameson Orange. I'm just the straight original Jameson guy, thanks to my you know, my buddy Ko. So right. you know, I always got to put a little fun. On it. Joe does not drink liquor. Joe, when you Joe did quit drink, drinking. Would have been a shot. Man. Joe quit drinking in '92. Had to get away from them that clear liquor and them fast women. 
<laughs> Were you at the White House, Joe? Nah. I was in first cab trying to stay married. That's what I was doing. You understand? Yes, sir. If you set a trap with fast women and liquor, you was about to catch me every time back then. There you go. There's a man who knows his weakness. I yeah. think accountability is when you're like, I, okay, I, I think the easiest way to equate it, man, real talk, is when we covered the Cowboys together, we were accountable to each other. If I say, hey, Arch, I'm going to do this, this, and this, you're like, okay, I trust you're going to do that. And if, I mean, and if for some reason I didn't, you'd be like, hey, I thought you was going to do that. Bingo. Uh, my Bingo. bad. I mean, we had right. many a parking lot conversations before we got in our car. Made me wonder, like, why we didn't have this in the warmth of the office? Why we got to have <laughs> it out here in the parking lot? But uh, me and Arch had many conversations in the parking lot in the car. Okay, let's see. How should we attack this? What do you think the best way to do it is? How should we cover it is? Okay, you talk to these people tomorrow. I'm going to talk to these people. Let's see if we can get something. Uh, but we were always accountable to each other, and that's one reason why I really, truly – not just because he's on the podcast. I never, ever had a problem with Arch. Ever. Never had a problem with Chip Brown, who was before Arch. Had a whole lot of problem with Bart Hubbock, who was before Chip. Because he was a dude who wouldn't do what he said he was going to do. Damn, where is Bart? <laughs> where the hell is Bart? We dropping, we dropping bombs on your ass, Bart. Dog, it's true. <laughs> I know he it's got true. kicked off the beat. Damn. Okay. But, you know, one time during the coaching search, I think it was the Chad Gailey coaching search, it was, hey, you're going to call these people. I'm going to call these people. And the next day it was like, yo, dog, how we get beat? you supposed to call them. Well, he didn't. Pick it. You know what, man? I tell you what, I'm going to handle everything. Don't worry about it. Because you're not accountable, dog. And I yeah. can't trust you. And I'm not going to get cussed out by Bob Yates. Because it's something you did. As I put everybody's name in, everybody's business out there. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what being yeah, accountable yeah. is. You know, um, there's a funny story. Where, Wait, but, uh, go ahead, Arch. Uh, well, uh, back on the mic, I think, if we can go stop down your yeah, trip on yeah, memory yeah, lane. Yeah, because yeah, I'm getting fired up. Yeah, come back to the light, um, dog. Come back to the light. Like, <laughs> <laughs> accountability isn't, isn't, don't worry, Dak, we got your back and we'll do this. You're supposed to do that. The accountability is, let's go, Dak. Come on, hold up your end. Let's go. Like, and I, if they've told us they've had this great brotherhood for the last two, three years, right? Every year the same, right. it's been, well, this is the best law firm. Well, well, then what's the deal? What? Why are, why are guys walking on eggshells or, or whatever around each other? Like, be honest with each other. If you screw up, you screw up. And and if and if that player, if player A screws up, man, hold your, your hand up and say, that's on me. That won't happen again. We've heard Dak say that time and again. And that's why Dak truly is accountable to everybody and everything in my mind. And I don't know if everybody else has because it turns into I did my job. I did my job. I didn't. Well, you're pointing fingers at other people because you might not be saying someone else's name. But if you're saying I did mine, then somebody else didn't do theirs. And if there's this great brotherhood, is that supposed to be the way it goes? I, nah, you, you right and, about And it. if you're going to be. And if you're going to be this leader and this accountability guy and you want to help the culture, well, guess what? When it's captain's practices start here and I don't know if they've already started or let's say they start March 1st, you better right. be there. 
Not in Austin. And if they have OTA and they have the on-field teaching sessions, you better be there. Right. That's what that's what all this stuff matters. And I look, I know it's all like sometimes it's for show and you know all this, but if you you if you're gonna be that guy, you have to be that guy. You have to be the all-in guy to continue that phrase. We're gonna wear out the entire off season, um, right? And be there when you're not supposed to be there. Be there at all hours of the day. You know, do what Dak would do. And hey, you're gonna run with the receivers, but you're also gonna work out with the offensive linemen too, right? Like that's the stuff you got to do. That's the stuff that matters. That's what that's what the great players that you, that we've been around this franchise, whether they've won a Super Bowl or not, they obviously they haven't since I've been here, but that's what the great players do. And it can't be, it's, I'll say it, that that's what they have to do. That's what they must do. And it can't be, you're just dipping your toe in and say you're accountable and you want to help change the culture. You got to jump in with both feet and say, I'm going to be part of the accountability and part of the culture change here and, and, and be all, be all in with these guys. Now, let me ask you this, and uh, me and Joe kicked this around sometime in the last couple of weeks. It seems to me like this is really more of a mental issue than a physical issue. And like they have a like they have to have a breakthrough as a team. And I don't know how, you know, at some point you just have to have a breakthrough. It's like, you know, you, you see teams in the NBA, they lose, they lose, they lose. And finally they break through and they win. Um, but seems much more. Yeah, that was to true me. back in the day, though. Like you went from no, but I'm only talking the about Celtics this to the Pistons to the yeah. Bulls. Well, that's not that's not it no. anymore, right? Like no, I mean in general it's not. But I'm talking about this particular Dallas Cowboys team. Right. When they come out and they're flat, or they say, "Hey, the game was moving too fast," or this or that, that seems to me much more of a mental issue than a physical issue. And then it becomes oppressing because we haven't won in the first round and now we're behind and it just kind of snowballs on them. Um, and so I think uh, it seems to me they, they need it's much, it's just a mental thing that they have to figure out how to fight through as opposed to a physical talent thing. You think there's any right. so, that? Yeah, no, I, I think there's, yeah. And, and everybody will put that on Dak, right? Which, which isn't necessarily fair because when they've lost those games to the Niners in the playoffs, the, the, the defensive point total looks good, but they didn't take the ball away. They didn't create enough uh, adverse situations. They couldn't make the play at the key moment when they needed to play. Even this past season, Miami, get a stop at the end of the game. They, they couldn't do it. Detroit, you couldn't get a stop at the end of the game either, and you got bailed out by some weird two-point shenanigans uh, on that thing. So, um it is a it is a mental thing, and honestly, other than just breaking through, I don't know what more you do. I don't know what more books you can read or the more things you can talk about. Like the only thing that's in my head right now is the natural that movie. Remember that when they had the guy in there and he just kept saying, "Excuse me, losing is a disease." Like when they were in that big losing streak, and finally Roy Hobbs just got up and left. And guess what? They happened. They put Roy Hobbs in the lineup and they start winning games. Like. I, I don't know, like, sometimes it just comes to stop talking about it and start being about it. Up, up. I said that a thousand <laughs> times. A thousand times. We used to say, don't, don't talk about it before you do it. Don't talk about it after you do it. Just do it. And we said in the military, don't talk you know, about I like it. To, I like to talk about it after I do it. No. 
Oh, shut up, Jock. Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe, you know where it's going. Yeah, always, man. I've been knowing that dude 30 years. Hell yeah, I know where it's going. I'm For talking sure. about weightlifting. Yeah. I like sure you are. Yeah. Yeah. See, both of y'all are nasty, because that's you real. Nasty. I was really thinking about Nate weightlifting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's coming up next? When's the combine, Arch? Isn't that next week or something? Next week. Yep. Huh? You expecting big be, news on, the, on the week. big news on the bus from Jerry? No. <laughs> When's the last time there's been big news from the combine? Uh, the Keyshawn Galloway trade. How about that? Okay, so that's 2004? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, what do you think about uh, will we get any movement on Dak's contract up there? Or parameters? I, I don't think so. I, I got to be honest with you. No, I, I don't. Let's look at how long the Dak deal took to get done the first time around. And. We can have all this debate that the, the Cowboys waited and they shouldn't have waited and they forgot, blah, blah, blah. Dak also waited and played the thing perfectly. No one ever wants to admit that. And and now it's like the Cowboys better sign C.D. Lamb or Micah early. Well, guess what? Those guys have to want to sign early, to sign early. And if they know right. and, if, and if it's in their better interest to wait and they're willing to take that financial risk that Dak took, as well as the, the, the health risk that he took, then it's probably in their best interest to wait. It's it's not like... I, I, on the, the thing that fascinates me on the Dak thing is like, well, if they signed Dak earlier, they wouldn't have had to pay him $40 million. Well, were they supposed to pay him <laughs> $38 million before he, you know, after, yeah. after his third season? They are supposed to pay him more than what Russell Wilson w- was making at that time when he had gone to a Super Bowl and, and won a Super Bowl? Uh, where they 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 offered him a contract that was comparable to what his draft contemporaries, Goff and Wentz, got the top two picks. Right, it was in that neighborhood. Clearly, it wasn't everything he wanted. Although Jerry telling us early on in that 2019 season that he thought a deal was close tells you like Jerry's not a guy who ever admits that. Like he's right. not. He, he's only going to hint at a deal being done when it's going to get done. Um, so. I don't think this isn't going to be some easy thing to get done in my view um, between now and when free agency starts March. What is it? 14th. I don't even know the exact starting day. It's going to take a little bit and there's a lot of things that they have to do. And who knows, maybe they turn their attention to CD and try to get that deal done or or Mike and try to get that deal done. um, And then come around on, on the DAC deal later. Or maybe they don't do anything at all. We've had this discussion too. We don't need to go down that road, but I, I don't, I, I don't think this is going to be as easy as we all think it's going to be. And right now, I don't know if they'll get a deal done. Well, let me be honest with you. I don't think there's anything easy about the deal because Dak has the leverage, and so he really can get whatever it is he wants to get. Um, right. The Cowboys don't have any leverage in this situation, so. Ultimately, it's how long it takes the Cowboys to acquiesce to whatever Dak's demands are, and uh, and, and they have to ask and, the question that we thought. You hope they ask the question that we talked about. Do they want to do another have another five year run at fifty five million dollars a year with a quarterback who's yet to get them to a conference title game? Maybe they do. You know what, man? Maybe they, uh, maybe, we've talked maybe about it a thousand times. And we could talk about it another thousand times. 
because there's so many pros and so many cons to doing it. And there's right. really no right answer. It's just what you want to do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you something funny real quick. I've been doing some research on the project. And it's amazing. It's not amazing. It's just interesting how the game has changed so much in like the last four or five years with analytics. Because I'm reading all these game stories and stuff from like the mid-90s. And, you, and you're reading all these things about teams are like, uh, well, it was third and one and we didn't get it. So we just had to punt the ball or we had to settle for a field goal from the two-yard line. And like nobody does that anymore. They, they're all going for it. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's just funny to go back and read all that stuff about how nobody used to go for it. And now everybody goes for it. I mean, that's just. How did you get to that? How did you get to that thing from talking about Dak's contract? He usually take them exit ramps, but he jumped out the damn car on that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just completely bailed to, to unhook the seatbelt. I thought, roll, okay, there's going to be some. Rolled his big ass across the asphalt on that no, one right I, there. I thought you had put a nice bow on the Dak conversation, uh, so I oh, just okay. moved on. All right. All right. All right. You know, uh, although I did have a piece of research, but since y'all said that, I thought I had it here. But maybe it's something I, it's on my other notebook. So we'll wait for next week to share that with you. Because it's timeless, so it's not going anywhere. How about that? Uh, so, Todd Archie. <laughs> Evergreen. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. Uh, we always appreciate oh, hold you, on. Man. I know I have to. Yeah. No, hold on. Joe, oh, do you know there... where I was last week? What was you last week, bro? Dude, you got me you so embarrassed last week. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. Settle down now. Well, well, wait, wait one, as we say. Wait one. What you got? Wait one, Jacques. What you got, Todd? I, I flew to Boston. Um, Big on money. Last last Monday, no, miles. Last Monday, my college <laughs> was playing in the Bean Pot Championship in a hockey game against Boston University, and I flew back Tuesday, and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't able to be on the show. Jacques said, "Wait till I tell Big Joe where you were and what his reaction is gonna be." <laughs> It was like, we won the game be... four to three. You went to a overtime. hockey game. You went to a college went to a hockey, hockey game. College it's hockey like game. a huge traditional tournament. Between, why would I? Uh, why would see? He sometimes he be overcooking his grits. I don't know what he talking about. Why would yeah, I man. be upset about that? Or why would I check- clown you about that? Because it's college hockey, and no one here cares about regular hockey, let alone college hockey. Who don't care about <laughs> hockey? A lot of people he only cared about Jeremy Roney. That's one of my NHL. favorite video games of all time. Now, I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you one dollar star, but I'm a fast learner. You know, they start whooping people's uh, ass. I'm gonna learn. Who else, who else is in the Bean Pot Tournament? Is Northeastern? Is Boston College? Is Boston University? Who else is in it? Harvard is the fourth team. Harvard. So, the day after you got back from there, or some within two days of that, I was at the gym. And uh, I was leaving, and who walked past me? This dude with a Boston Red Sox hat on. So you know me. You know what I did. I said, hey, dog, who you got in the bean pot, man? Who'd you have? The dude looked at me and said, huh? I said, who'd you have in the bean pot? He said, oh, I'm just a baseball guy. I don't care anything about hockey. And I was like, damn. I mean, I was trying to get some points on the Archer cred, and, I, uh, you know, and it didn't work. And matter of fact, he looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about, man? And what's, and what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, really. But I, I thought I was going to set him up, and he was going to be like, wow, what do you know about the bean pot? And I was going to, you know, you know, 
fake the funking and, and get into a deep discussion about it because that's what I like to do. So you, you you thought I was going to disrespect the man because he went to the hockey game and he wasn't on the show with us? Yeah, I mean, who would pass us up to go to a hockey tournament? I mean, really, for one day. See, yeah, this is when I want to hear Clarence ever talk about sweat equity, you know what I mean? Because I, I got some sweat equity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got plenty of sweat equity. Put a headband yeah, on. No, Todd, that was uh, – no, that, that ain't – I don't know what he's talking about. There you go. How about that? Uh, I did tease Ty because he had plenty of product in his hair last week. It was looking nah, very that's moosey. Not true either. We, we did have this discussion though. Oh man, man, Ty has some great discussions, man. We we did have that discussion, and I thought I proved. I thought I told you that I didn't. So <laughs> I know, but we but then it branched out into a bigger discussion about it. Well, anyway, Todd, that's part I'm, of why I'm Ty's not, my boy. I'm not metrosexual, Todd. I don't care what kind of products you got in your hair. How about that? Right, and I appreciate I, I do it. have my yeah, orange I blossom. I don't care what kind of therapy going potpourri. on. Right I don't now care too. what kind of potpourri or peanut butter you got. <laughs> none of that. None of that. Uh, I don't care about no shea butter. None of that. I don't. You know, that's all Jock right there. You, you, y'all, y'all together on that? Was y'all putting shea butter on each other in the car when y'all trying to figure out what to do? About you know what? I know. Stuff? That was oh, completely no. unnecessary, right? Like, there. like completely all, like about two of them exit ramps your ass took today. <laughs> completely unnecessary, you know <laughs> but what? entertaining that, as hell. All right, yeah. then. on that note, we're going to wish Todd a happy Wednesday. Uh, enjoy Appreciate tomorrow. It. Always good yeah. talking to you, man. All right, spicy Todd. I holler at you. He wasn't spicy today. See you guys. Later. All right, then. All right, that's Todd Archer. Brought to you each and every Wednesday by Smokey John's Barbecue. I like that. That's my boy. We had, I mean, that's my dog. Yeah, I like him uh, too. He all right. He busts your balls, so it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Todd Archer, Smokey John's Barbecue. Swing by Smokey John's, 1820 West Mockingbird. My boy Hector Flores went by there last year. Hey, uh, sampled that jam session bowl. Said it was delicious. I keep telling y'all, it's fantastic. You need to get that and try it. You got to ask for it because it's on the secret menu. It's not on the menu. You got to ask for it. The Jam Session Bowl. And what is it? Oh, it's a mashed potato or mac and cheese base. Then you get your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. Your boy usually rocks with the brisket and the sausage. Then all that stuff that they put on a uh, loaded baked potato like chives and bacon bits and sour cream and cheese or butter, they put all that on there, man. Then they drizzle it with sauce or they drench it with sauce. It is to die for. No, it is to live for. What is it, Joe? It is love in your mouth. Mm, it is fantastic. <laughs> but that's the Jam Session Bowl. Uh, go by and check it out. It's easy. Two people can eat off of it for real. If you got a little shorty that's uh, five or six, three y'all can eat off of it. No problem whatsoever. It's a big old massive bowl of food. That real talk, I have never finished in one setting. But that's just me. Um, if you need some uh, Smoky Johns in your mouth sooner than that, check this out. You can go to the website, SmokeyJohns.com, hit on the marketplace, order the sauce, order the rub. You know, I got some in my cabinet and my refrigerator. I should actually bring it and put it out here so y'all can see uh, that I really do use it. Uh, used rub on some uh, chicken the other day. It's delicious. Uh, and you have it at your house in a couple days. And then, don't forget, you can go to H-E-B if you like, I got to have it tonight. Today, I got to have it. You go to H-E-B. Pick one. Anyone. Burleson, Wasahatchee, McKinney, Frisco. It's on the shelves. San Antonio, Austin. It's everywhere. It's on the shelves. 
Uh, pick up Smokey John's rub. It's fantastic. You can use it on a lot of different stuff. I do. It's uh, it's great. Smokey John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mocking Swing through there and try the Jam Session Bowl. Why? It's love in your mouth. Mm, mm, mm. Fantastic. Now, usual content person, David, is out of the country. That's how big ballers do it. So we got Jessica working here today. And you should have seen her face, Joe, when I said, love in your mouth. She scrunched it up real tight. She's like, what the hell is he talking about? But that just makes for an effective commercial. Because uh, it is great. Uh, we're going to get Joe the jam session. But we talked about it in depth the other day. Now we, are, we now only got to get Joe orchestrated. Now we got to work with ain't, ain't many schedule and make sure uh, we can get everybody going. Uh, so it's going to happen. The people want it to happen. They have started to clamor for it. I can't give you a date, but one day soon, it's going down. And uh, on that note, man, let's uh, let's move on and uh, talk about. I heard this, man. Um, I was on TikTok, I believe, or Twitter, and I heard um, Shaq talking to uh, Travis Kelsey. And here's what it did. It reminded me of a conversation I had with uh, a former member of the Cowboys at the East-West Shrine game a couple weeks ago. And I've also had this conversation with Darren Woodson many years ago. So here's what Shaq had to say to Travis Kelsey, and then I'll tell you about the conversations I've had that relate to this. My advice to you is if you are going to retire, yes. accept it. Enjoy your family, brother. Thank you. I made a lot of dumb mistakes to where I lost my family and I didn't have anybody. That's not the case for you. So enjoy your beautiful wife. Enjoy your beautiful kids. And never dwell on what we had. Yeah. What we had is what we got. You got the ring. People know where you are. Enjoy it. Because again, I was I was an idiot. And I've talked about it for a long time. Lost my whole family. Spent 100,000 square foot by myself. Now, that's deep, dog. A 100,000-square-foot house and you by yourself. But what it reminded me of was I talked to, uh, I don't know how many of you guys remember him, Kayvon Frazier. Played probably four years for the Cowboys. I'm 35. Yes, sir. Uh, special teams guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent defensive back, but really made his mark on special teams. And I, was, I saw him at the game, and we always had a good relationship for whatever reason. And uh, I was like, hey, what's up, dog? How you doing? What's going on? And, man, he said, man, I'm doing great. I got these workout facilities. I got players coming to facilities. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a businessman now. I'm feeling good about myself. I got a reason to get up every morning and a purpose, and it is fantastic. He said, but before I got here, it was two or three years of some lonely days. And I was like, tell me about it. And we started talking, and he was like, I found what I could do and how to find a purpose for my life, running these businesses, getting athletes to come to my to my facilities and using those facilities to get them ready for, for uh, you know, um, all-star games or the combine or whatever. Uh, he said, but so many of my former teammates, man, they didn't have no plan and they still haven't found a purpose and it's sad to watch them just kind of wander around and not know what to do with their life. And here's the issue for, I'm really going to talk about football players because I know them best, having done it for 28 years. Um, if you think about it, man, if you play 10 years in the NFL 
and you don't even have to play that long, but let's say eight to ten years. So you got the second contract. Uh, your life has pretty much been regimented since high school. It's definitely been regimented since college, meaning basically every hour of the day is accounted for. Because you got to be at taping at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. You got to go to meetings all day. You watch film for an hour or so after meetings. And if you're in the NFL, you they NFL players get to the facility usually around 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Most of the time, they don't leave till 4 or 5 in the afternoon. It's like an eight-hour job. And so a lot of times what happens to them is they're so regimented, then they take the summer off to work out and train and rest their body and get ready for the next season. And so two things happen when you retire. Number one is, and actually me and, uh, me and uh, Joe talked about this, I don't know, sometime recently, because uh, it was different for him, but it was the same. What happens when you retire? You ain't at work all day, every day. And your wife, who's had her own routine for eight years, whether it's getting the kids ready or doing the house or doing whatever she's doing, going to work, whatever she's doing, she's had her own routine for eight years. And now all of a sudden you're at the house and you're like, well, why are you doing that? And she's like, what are you talking about why I'm doing that? I've been doing this for the last eight years. Well, how, what do you think about doing it? Just don't come home telling me what to do when I've been had it this way. That's a conversation. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I categorically <laughs> deny any intel from me on that subject where he's not he's not saying my wife I'm talking to my wife and stuff like that. No, no you're no, not talking to your no, wife. No, I'm, I'm just only saying, talking about you was I'm, on the road. Yeah, for so yeah, long. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just gotta put that out there, disclaimer out there, because I'm at home right now. You know, and then I'm at home every day right now. <laughs> Driving your wife crazy? No, no, no. See, that's why I say I categorically <laughs> deny that he's Really talking, you know, you know. No, this people, is not talking about these jokes. are fictional characters in this story. Just in case, just in case, yeah. you know what I'm saying you're not finna put me in the doghouse. Cause Dog, I'm not. I just me. got I'm out of there. Too. You know, I'm that. You know, I right. live in there sometimes. So I'm. Right. I, you know, what I'm saying I'm. I'm free to talk to your ass right now. I'm trying to keep it that way. Okay, I feel about you, man. that. But uh, it's hard for guys to adjust to life after football. It is whether it's, whether it's the home life or whether it's the work life. And it was really telling that Shaq, the most, one of the most visible people on the planet, literally, because he's been a very shrewd businessman, literally has more money than he could spend in three or four lifetimes. You know, he lives part of the year in Dallas because he got a house out in Preston Hollow, I think. Um, and he likes Dallas, so he lives here. Um, but he's lonely with this big old house and nobody to share it with, <clears throat> in part because he couldn't figure out what to do with his life after he... After he finished playing, uh, it's so, really. It's, it, it, let me ask something. To you. It's really not nobody. When you say nobody share with, he can share, but it's the people that he want to share with that's yeah. not there. You know, just to be you know specific about that, he can share. Yeah. It's a thousand people want to hang with Shaq, but right. just not the people that he love. Yeah, and not the people that he want to hang with. Right. Uh, you know, so it's. Uh, but it just struck me when he said that because he sounded so sad. And, uh, you know, him giving that advice to Kelsey, like, you know, enjoy what you got. Don't uh, don't screw it up because you're home too much now or whatever. Find a way to find a rhythm. And it's really important for athletes to find a purpose for their life because there's so much of life has been regimented with coaches telling them what to do and, and just having that structure every day. And then when you don't have that structure, man, you can get lost if you don't fill it out. Hey, truck uh, drivers too. Way, truck drivers too. 
That's why. Well, that, that's you. why. That's why I'm a range guy, a drone guy, a podcasting guy. You know, a video no, game uh, guy. Get up and move around. Get out the way, guy. No, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was like that for me because why? I was, clearly, I was a reporter, but I was used to some semblance of a schedule every day. Mm-hmm. And then when I started working for myself, there's, there ain't nobody tell me to go to work at ten o'clock or eight o'clock or right. twelve o'clock. Right? Ain't nobody here telling me to get up and do that. I just know what needs to be done. Uh, for my business to sustain and what I got to do. And so it, the days become filled with doing those different things. Right. And so, um, but if you don't have that purpose, man, that's why guys get depressed to turn the sure. drugs or alcohol. Sure. Trying to figure out how to fill those that void. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's harder than you think to fill that void and fill those hours. But uh, I, I heard that from Shaq and I thought it was interesting and I thought it was, uh, was worth sharing with y'all. Uh, on that note... Let's take a quick trip around the block, bro. Around the block. Um, I was talking, I sent you a note about autographs. Because I, I saw something this week about autographs. Um, I was, uh, whose autograph do you remember? Were you a big autograph getter as a kid? No, not really, but I have two autographs that I remember. Um, Tim Brown. I saw Tim Brown at Sears and Roebuck. And I didn't say Sears and Roebuck. That, Boy, you that, old if you're talking about Sears and right Roebuck. Now. I saw him at Sears in uh, the Parks Mall. And I was there picking up a refrigerator. He was picking up something. And uh, I liked Tim Brown because I, when I went to college uh, at Peru State for a minute in Nebraska, they had a lot of Florida guys and Florida was playing Miami, and Tim Brown was the guy. And they was talking about, hey, my guy won the Heisman. Y'all got right. Miami. So I was real proud of Tim Brown, and I told him that story, and I got his autograph. I don't know what I did with it. And the second autograph was <laughs> was Bill Bates I got at a card show once. And Bill he was, Bates. Yeah, he was real cool, man. Just, Bill you Bates know, is a cool dude. Yeah, I talked to him. Uh, I saw him at the gas station once outside Cowboys in Arlington, that old, that old uh, honky-tonk uh, club out there. I was getting gas. He was getting gas. I talked to him a little bit. He was cool. But I saw him at the car show. I got his autograph for my wife when she was my girlfriend. And that's the two autographs I got. So I thought it was cool. Uh, You know, it's it's amazing the things that you remember. I remember uh, getting a, uh, I don't know how I ended up. Well, I do. I remember getting Adrian Dantley's autograph as a kid uh, when he played for the Buffalo Braves. And I remember he was halfway across the street and my uncle Dennis had taken me to the game. He's like, that's Adrian Dantley. You need to get his autograph. And Dantley was halfway across the street. And I was like, Mr. Dantley, Mr. Dantley. No, that wasn't like that. I was like, Mr. Dantley, Mr. Dantley. Because I was only like five or six at the time. Uh, Or I guess I was... I was a youngster, but uh, he came back and uh, came back across the street and signed for me. And I remember that. And then I remember Hollywood Henderson was talking at uh, speaking at Brian Adams High School. And my mom worked for the uh, school district and she uh, pulled me out of school and um, let, took me over to Brian Adams with her. And I got Hollywood Henderson's autograph there. And those are really the only autographs I remember getting. Uh, really, because uh, one, I wasn't around people to get autographs very often. 
but uh, it struck me as odd because Michael Parsons was saying that some people, he's called it some fans were harassing him after he got off a flight from the, uh, I think it was the Super Bowl. Uh, he was trying to pick up some luggage at the airport and some people were asking for autographs. He's like, man, that's not the time to ask for an autograph because uh, I'm just off the flight. I'm not in the mindset, blah, blah, blah. And then Brees Hall from the Jets was at the airport this week and he turned down somebody for an autograph and they got it all upset at him. And there was a little bit of a scene there. Now, I will say, I don't know, outside of a specific, this is an autograph show, if there's ever a convenient time to get an autograph. I think it's about people most of the time trying to be polite. And, uh, you know, man, I get it. If you see somebody famous, uh, it's natural to want an autograph. Or in today's world, I think picture people want pictures more than they want autographs. What do you think? Yeah, it, you know, the autograph thing is like this to me. If 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 I see Michael Parsons and I hand him a sheet of paper, or I ask him, "Hey, can I can I get an autograph?" That's a difference. Been like, "Hey, will you autograph my ticket?" You know, that right. means you really just want his signature. But if I'm right. hounding him with a baseball or some memorabilia that I can sell later, that's a whole nother thing, right there. Oh yeah, you yeah, know yeah, that yeah. that you know when I got the people's when I got Tim Brown's autograph, hell, I think it was on a receipt or something. I know Bill right, right. Bill Bill Bates Bill Bates autograph was on a ten by eight. I think my wife got it, and I had to send you a picture of that she got it in a scrapbook somewhere. Right. But uh, a lot of times, what's the purpose? And then if you feel if those people feel like I'm invading their privacy, I mean, it was just me and Tim standing at the counter waiting on the lady, and I told and I recognized him, and uh, we just had to talk, you know. And uh, if he would have said no. If I'd have got the feeling that he didn't want to be bothered, I'd have just left right. him alone. You uh, know, true that. Nah. That's that's what people got to realize: the expectation that they have to give you something. You oh, know, well, you know. I'm I'm a I'm a. Before I get mad about autograph, I'm a. And maybe that's because I'm older. But I'm gonna say, hey man, nice talking to you. Can I get your autograph? Because see, when I met Bill Bates the first time, I, we was younger, but I just we was just getting gas. I wasn't gonna bother him. Right, but, right, right. And he didn't. He wasn't put offish, but you gotta. You got. I think you kind of gotta gauge the situation, and lower your expectations. You know, when you're talking to somebody, you know, it's just that's what I think. But that's cause I'm older. I don't know about little kids don't have that. And if my kid wanted an autograph, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking if I might be like, come on, dog. <laughs> you know, but well, I, I think um, I'm always reminded because I've actually had the privilege of signing a few autographs in my time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, dog. And I was always reminded that uh, I can't remember who somebody famous said this. And even though I'm very low level, uh, it just stuck with me. And that was whenever some fan wants your autograph, it may be their only encounter with you ever. And so you would want that encounter to be nice or memorable or whatever it is within reason. You know, like, I ain't, I ain't never been Troy Aikman where I had to sign for an hour before I could get to my dinner table. That, that, that's, that's a bit much. You know, I've had to sign maybe two or three at a time was the most I've ever done. You know maybe. what's funny is people, I, I've signed autographs before. And it was, who, it was uh, I worked at. they think you were? I, they thought I was me. <laughs> Hell, I signed the autograph. I'm going to tell you, I signed the autograph. At, uh, I worked at Sam's Club in Las Colinas. 
Right. And I decided to go back to school. And uh, everybody was like, you going back to school to play football? Yeah. Man, you're pretty big. I bet you make it to the NFL. A couple, <laughs> a couple of girls was like, can I have your autograph? I was like, for yeah. what? Just in case you make it. All right, I got that. I, I said, I like okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Man. What am I going to say? No, nah, you can't have my autograph. <laughs> so I signed the autograph. Now, they probably threw it away later, but yeah, I signed the autograph. <laughs> and then sometimes you, you play Division two football or whatever, and some of the kid, little kids be out there. You know, and asking for that, so you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a low level, or mid level, or whatever level celebrity that you are. But I, I sign autographs. <laughs> it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but who did you sign? Who you sign autograph for? Just random fans. Yeah, I mean they're they're man. That's that's what that's outstanding, man. No, it's uh, you know, that's just that's outstanding, bro. I'm, I'm always uh, them people probably them. they probably think you nice too. <laughs> I don't know about that. They yeah, they do. Badass writer. No, they know they probably think you're a nice guy. <laughs> man, that Jock Taylor is a people person. He, man, that's a lovely person right there. You know what? They probably do the way I treat them. I I'm, try to treat them better than I'm, I treat them. I'm, I'm killing my mic right now. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I knew I'm gonna it, kill I knew it was coming. Yeah, I'm gonna get off. But anyway, that. autographs uh, <laughs> autographs were interesting to me. Uh, it is just just because I think I don't think people care about them that much anymore. I think it's all about the selfie now. Can I take a selfie with you? Yeah. Because the autograph was really to prove that I met Joe DiMaggio or I met yeah. Michael Jordan or I met Tony Dorsett. At one point, I met them. I saw them. I was in their presence, and that's and the picture does it better than an autograph, really, to me. If you down with that, so yeah. Josh McDaniel talks. About, not Josh McDaniel. What's the coach of the Dolphins? Mike McDaniel. Yeah, Mike McDaniel. He talks about him hustling as a ball boy, getting autographs and stuff, which is a cool right. story. But that you know, every member, every piece of memorabilia that somebody signed is not being oh, it's being sold. When somebody got six cards they want you to sign, you know they selling that. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. You if, know I, if, you know, if my son got a ball, or if I got a signed football from Michael Parsons, it's going, you know, it's going on the shelf. Right, you know that's right. the cool thing about that type of stuff. You know, and I'm hoping being next to your mid level ass that I could get autograph one of these days. No, I'm just playing. Not really. I'm no. I'm just playing. Unless you're gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's so far off my radar. We'll see it. if it no. happens. It just be by chance. No, ain't many uh, waiting on her autograph book of Dion. Dion's book, Leader of Men, Makers of Men. What is it? What's the title again? Deion, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men. I love that you, title, and I love that you wrote that. And ain't many love to she love to get her copy, autograph copy that she's been waiting on. And uh, she a big she a big time fan. She probably when we go smoking John, she probably asked you for your autograph. Oh, that be a time for you to autograph a free copy of that book for her. I'm working your ass right now. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, yeah you know, well, we'll, we'll talk about that off here. Yeah, all my business out there. Yeah. You know, everybody want a free book, even though the books cost me money. I'm everybody supposed to. I'm, su- I'm supposed. Come on, now, people. You, su- you, you know what? To I'm, I'm, I'm supposed, supposed to get. to support. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Putting up with your ass like I do, and and I love you too. I'm supposed like, to get like a free. Gotta, we we family. Like I'm supposed to get put up your ass. No, 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 no. Like no. I do. You ain't got to put up with me because I go silent. It ain't even. I don't. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just me. I, I, mean, I can be off the grid real quick. But uh, 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 no, yeah, the people don't even know what the, they don't, I almost said yeah, something. See, they don't yeah, know, yeah, they don't even know what I, right they don't, they ain't, I'm, I'm so far off the grid, they don't know what I look like. We can have a contest, somebody find me. They can find me. But I'm just you saying. You know what? Y'all send me some pictures of what y'all think Joe look like. Yeah, do that. Do that again. <laughs> do that again because it was way off. They was way off. Was so, but so I, but you know what? what? You know what? I meant to say, the people that sent a picture, that what they thought I looked like, I resent your picture physically on my phone to about 25 people. That I felt, I felt, I felt honored. I felt, um, um, I, it was it was hilarious. I mean, I had people laughing all day. I think it was good. And it's an honor to be that people are saying, hey, what the big Joe look like and all that. So it's kind of cool. It's very cool. Probably better than signing somebody autograph. I don't know. It's all cool, man. Yeah. Hey, let's, uh, that's a quick trip around the block. Let's talk about the Mavericks before we get up out of here. Right quick. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, the All-Star game, dog. I hadn't thought about the All-Star game. The All-Star game. Which I think the East won two eleven, yes, two eleven to one eighty six. It was the game that I thought it was going to be. Now I'm only growing two eleven. Told you why. Damn. I told. Well, they had fifty three points in the first quarter, and I really said, Damn. you know what? I think somebody's gonna score two hundred today. Two eleven. Uh, but here's the deal, man. I tried to watch it. I really did. I had it on in the first quarter, and somebody I can't remember who somebody took a mid mid range jumper. And the dude who was guarding him, as the, as the one player elevated to take the shot, the other player literally turned around to see if he was going in. Didn't jump to contest it or whatever. And at that point, I turned the channel. Because uh, I said, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even pickup basketball at 24-hour fitness on Saturday morning. It's less than that. They're not, they're not competitive at all. And so here's the, what I came up with. Like, I ain't going to watch it no more because I like to – I remember the old days when they really used to compete. And it used to be a really good game. And I don't remember – and I could be wrong. I could be mistaken. I don't remember anybody getting hurt playing in an NBA All-Star game. Okay? There's always going to be a first, but I don't remember anybody being hurt. But here's the problem. I thought about this the other day for two reasons. One, I heard Kobe Bryant talking about it. And secondly, I heard LeBron James talking about it. Uh, the game will never be competitive, ever, no matter what uh, the commissioner says, Adam Silver, no matter what the Larry Birds or Michael Jordans of the world, the Barclays, no, none of that matters. The only people who could make the game competitive, and right now is one person who could make the game competitive, and he ain't interested in doing it. Who is that person, Doug? That's a commissioner, eh? No, hell no. Who we talking about then? LeBron James. Oh, okay. If LeBron, I said, if LeBron James said, hey, fellas, let's play. Let's make it a game. And he came out there and made it a game. And it's like, yo, no, for real, let's play. Let's, let's have a real game and see how it turned out. And he challenged his teammates, hey, we finna play the game. No, we're not going out 100%, but we're going at about 85. We're going to make it a game. We're going to try. Uh, then it will change. But until the players decide... It needs to be something more than what it is. Yeah, it ain't never gonna change. Well, um, it might have to do like the NFL, just go to skills competitions and yeah. that little flag football game. Somebody gonna get hurt doing that. I don't like that. Well, no, I don't like the flag football yeah. either. Flag football is 
it's too you still running and cutting and jumping, mm-hmm. and uh, you're not hitting physically, but. You know, in football, running, cutting, jumping to do it to you. I had a rel- uh, I didn't watch any other stuff. I had a relative contact me, and and he was telling me about so I YouTube. He was talking about the three points, the three point shootout between I can't remember the young lady's name that played at Oregon, but she could shoot the hell out of the three pointer. And yeah, uh, the yeah. competition between her and Curry, he said, "Hey man, you gotta see this." And I looked it up, and yeah, Curry when she started shooting and she was busting all them threes, Curry was like, "All right, I gotta take this serious." He wasn't smiling. Yeah. He locked in. And he had to beat her. Yeah. And that was pretty good. The uh, slam dunk competition where old boy jumped straight over Shaq. Damn near hit his head on the rim. Yeah. Well, I think uh I think in dunk competition, they should they should just I mean the best guys in the NBA ain't doing it. They're afraid to be a meme or something. They should just open it up to uh now you gotta go through some competition or whatever. They had the G League guy won it. Well, I mean, dog, they should just open it up to I mean, G League guy is not technically in the NBA. Let's just open it up to people who can dunk, because there's lots of street dunkers out there that can do some stuff you ain't never seen before. Then it's, or, it's not it's not affiliated with the NBA at all. It's just and one or it's just Joe's yeah. dunk contest. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but you know, I don't care about that. I just I'm not entertained. I ain't watch none of that stuff. It's all boring to me. Yeah, I like uh, it. three point the three point shootout contest in general has been interesting. But uh, outside of that, man, the whole weekend is kind of boring to me. Unless you're up there in the city where it's hosting it and you're actually partying. I and, thought the court was pretty cool because it was a big old – the court was a gigantic LED screen. Did uh, you know that? Nope. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Nah. Yeah. Uh, There's some technology to it. Yeah, it was cool. Not nah, true that. Uh, your Dallas Mavericks play uh, Phoenix on Thursday. Big game uh, for them as they try to uh, – They've had they've had a good week. Their moves at the All Star break really helped them. Adding PJ Washington and and uh, Derek Gafford to uh, you know Kyrie and Luca and Derek Lively and then their role players. And so the Mavericks team has a chance to be pretty improved, especially at the center position with Gafford and Lively. They got a rim protector in there at all times. They got somebody who can yep. run the pick and roll at all times. Rebound. Yep. Rebounding. They're no longer the smallest team around. And then you know every third night. P.J. Washington is going to show up and put in whatever he can, whatever he does, you know, 14, 15, and they're going to be tough to beat. Um, I like Hardaway. A lot of people don't, but I do. He does what a six-man is supposed to do. He instant offense. When he's hitting it, you feed it to him. When yeah. he's not, you be like, ah, oh, it's all right, Doc. You, you put up 20 tomorrow. We ain't worried about it. Yeah. You know what you are. You're a streaky, catch-and-shoot, three-point shooter in rhythm. Play That's like, who he you play are. like that on video game, too. I, I trade his ass every time. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is And so the Mavericks got a uh, I was looking through my notes I can't remember what I, I think I put them in my other notebook But uh, the Mavericks got a stretch A tough stretch coming up with Phoenix And then over the course of the next seven or eight games They play Boston, Cleveland, Indiana, Indiana twice uh, Philly, although they don't have Joel Embiid They play them twice uh, And so it's a uh, They play Miami It's a tough eight game stretch and so if they can come out of there five and three, six and two, uh, that would really bode well and set them up good uh, in the West. Although the West is very tight, but uh, if they can beat Phoenix tomorrow, it's good because Phoenix is right ahead of them by a game. It allow them to even up with Phoenix, take that sixth spot in the West, and uh, they can still get the fifth. The, four, the top four, I think, is out of. They're not. There's no way they're going to catch those four. But if they could be five or five, would be better. They'd be all right. And so. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the goal for the second half. But the NBA, man, once the All-Star break hits and you start playing, 
in the last 30 games, it's all about can you find that rhythm for your team? Can you work your new additions in? Yep. And can you find that rhythm to make that playoff run? Yep. And that's where we're at now. It's time for the stretch run. It's like Thanksgiving in the NFL season. It's time for you to make your move. Uh, Mavericks had a really nice trade deadline, and now it's time to see if they can make that move. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so, uh, we always want to say our appreciation to uh, Greening Law, because the show doesn't happen without them. Smokey John's Barbecue for bringing us Todd Archer and Clarence Hill Jr. each and every week. Oh, I had a funny story to tell you. I'm going to tell you all right quick, because I just thought about it. Duh. This was funny to me. I had my car. I had a mobile detail guy. And if you need need him to do your car, it's Marvin's mobile detail. He ain't hard to find. <laughs> uh, hit me on Twitter. I get his number. And you can call him up. Uh, he, he came by my house and did my car, man. And I came out and I said, I said, hey, dog, you need some water? And he said, no. Let me show you a little trick. I had, a, I had scuffed up my car on the back fender. I got a... Camaro. About three weeks after I got it, I was mad because somebody snuck in behind me. I didn't see him. I backed right into him and just kind of scraped my car a little bit. Uh, he put he took out a normal sponge and put some solution on it and took that little bit of red paint off. And I was like, dog, you just earned yourself a tip right there. And he said, man, I love cleaning cars. It's my therapy. It's therapeutic for me. And so that's the first part of the story, man. It's Marvin's Mobile Detail. 214 245 2536, call him and tell him you want the JJT special. Then, man, I went to Walmart after I got my back cracked. And as I pulled in, I had a, I had a minor fender bender during the World Series. This is my fault. But I had a minor fender bender during the World Series. Dude pulled up in the truck next to me, man, and said, do you want me to pull your fender out and take that dent out? I said, you got a shop? He goes, I'm going to do it right in the parking lot. Now, you know I gave that dude the side eye. He said, no, I can do it right in the parking lot. I said, how long is it going to take? He said, 15 minutes while you're in Walmart. I said, what I got to do? He said, lock your car so make sure you feel comfortable. And uh, I'm just going to fix it while I'm here in the parking lot. This is what I do for my job. And I got a side business that does it. I was still giving him the side eye. I said, okay, let me see. And then he opened up his trunk of his truck, the bed of his truck, and he had all these supplies and stuff. I said, okay, he must really do this for real. And so I went in and did my, literally, I was just there to pick up a couple things. And I went and pulled out the, uh, and came back, man. It probably took him another 10 minutes. But, dude, I'm finna send you these pictures right quick. He took the dent out of my car, man, in about 25 minutes. And I was tripping, like, wow, that was uh, incredibly fast. Hmm. And so yesterday, in a matter of between getting my car washed and um, getting the dent pulled out, I felt like I got a brand new car, dog. And it only cost me about $200. I was very happy. So I was waiting on the funny part. You promised the funny story. Oh, you mean funny, funny like in ironic or funny like in circumstantial? You know what I was you thinking? Thought it, was funny. it wasn't funny, ha-ha. No, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking... Who much? How much would? How much are you worth? And how much would somebody pay for you? Because if I if I can get you to walk over to the back of my trunk and look down off in there, I can push your ass in there and lock the trunk and then uh, no, ransom no, your no, ass or that, something. I don't I know. I mean, close. you're talking to strange people. I'm thinking that dude no, could have snatched you. No, I don't no. have enough money for what they're gonna want for your for no, your for your almost uh, famous ass. I don't know. I'm just saying. 
Nah. Well, you toy a little cuss word. I am famous. I am a celebrity. All right, then. So I don't have I don't flex often, but I can. You Go ahead. No, you don't. Go ahead. Flex. Flex. You don't. I don't know. Most people don't. I mean, I'm clearly worth at least seven digits. I maybe eight on a good day. Eight, I. But that's why I don't get I don't get that close to the bed. I kept the arms distance. I get it inside. I stayed away. I I had all my you know because I'm not friendly anyway, so it wasn't hard for me to be unfriendly. Uh, you know, because I think everybody's out to scam you. So once I figured out he wasn't, and uh, he got a business too. It's called Got Dents. Well, look him up. Yeah. and his name is Vince, and he did great work. I just sent you them pictures, Doc. Yeah, what I'm saying, fits. what I'm saying is, all that old eight digits talking stuff. I'm saying, I'm mindful of people, and if people recognize who you are, sometimes they want to do bad stuff to you. That's what I'm saying. I know, man. That's, That's what, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm a Columbia. little more, I'm def- a little more cautious than that. So, I'd be like the dude on Man on Fire. I'd be getting kidnapped. You know, they kidnapped the. Uh, the Child. little girl. Yeah, not yeah. to do. But all right. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. I'm so, not, anyway, not. Uh, we appreciate everybody with the Smoky Johns, with his Green and Law, with his Tired Archer, with his Clarence C. Hill Jr. We even appreciate this dude, Big Joe the Big Red. <laughs> Until we chat again, you guys be blessed. <laughs>